This program is not intended to diagnose, cure, or treat any disease or disorder. The listener is encouraged to seek sound medical advice from their doctor or other qualified healthcare practitioner before taking any supplements or starting a new health regimen. Welcome to the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. I'm Jim Ducharme, your co-host here with Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic herself. Hello, Adrian. Hello, Jim. So th- this is what's been bugging me now for the for the last, I would say, since last summer. Uh, actually, probably since before that. But you know, I, I don't always have the best view of doctors, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens is. My dad decides that he he's been ha- he was having some like weird tingly stuff going on with his fingers. I told him to get off the statin drugs because we know that that's a side effect. Um, his doctor, you know, I, well, I didn't tell him get off because I can't tell him to to stop taking his drugs. But I said, talk to your doctor. Let's find another way to deal with your problems. And by the way, statin drugs, which are supposed to lower cholesterol, we've kind of touched on this in the past. Uh, cholesterol, you need it, and particularly as you age, you need more of it because it helps you to keep your cognitive abilities as well as so many other things because cholesterol is integral in every cell in the body. So uh, the fact that they put people just automatically, you hit 65 or 60 or 40 or 25 or whatever the, the threshold is now, the fact that they're putting everybody on cholesterol-lowering medication is, uh, in my opinion, has almost everything to do with the increase in uh, conditions like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, That's multiple that- sclerosis, and uh, so many neurological disorders that are, are suddenly uh, here, and, and not only are they here, but they're rising daily. Well, that's fascinating because I am taking, um, you know, uh, cholesterol lowering medication. I it can't it probably doesn't say much for me that I can't remember the name of the specific medication. There right you now. go. <laughs> and and uh, oh, and how relevant is that, right? Like I'm on cholesterol medication, but I I, I can't remember what it is. No, yeah. I'm not having any problems. It's all good. You know, yeah, I, so I, that's I, what my dad said. That he, that he couldn't so remember he, what it was. It's no, and, you, that, that and you're already worried about him. No, that was, it was all good. So, you know, I'm just going to, I don't tell people what to do. I just inform them and let them make their own decisions. So he goes to the doctor and the doctor says, uh, to, that he needs to get surgery on his spine because it's some pinched nerve of sorts in his spine that's causing this tingling in his fingers. Mm. My dad goes to the, goes to well that that could tell you the long story and it's already too long uh but he goes to get the surgery and does really well is up and walking around hours not even hours later like just immediately after he's doing great and that was maybe wednesday or thursday sunday morning he has fallen and can't get up oh he he completely loses uh function in his legs and his arms. Now, my dad is not this little old fuddy-duddy who just sits and watches TV all day. This is a man who plays tennis several days a week, goes fishing several days a week, mows other people's lawns, mows his own lawn. I mean, the, the man is active. He's, he's not a slouch so, by any stretch of the imagination. So there's no excuse for any of this. What you're saying is that he and I would have nothing in common. 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Except for the back pain. Except for the back pain. That's it. And the cholesterol drugs. And the cholesterol drugs. And the the short-term memory loss. And and my dad is almost 80. How old are you? (laughs) Never mind. Hey. So, uh, So anyway... Uh, yeah, so I'm thinking to myself, you know, at first when he had it, I was like, God bless him. Good. I'm glad it worked out. And now I'm like, these doctors, they up every time. And I'm just, I'm livid. But at the same time that this is going on, I have at least four other people that I can think of off the top of my head who are going through surgery, trying to get surgery, mostly for, you know, some sprained this or back pain or, or what have you. And not one of them wants to entertain how what the fuel that they're putting in their body and how that might be affecting the the, the rapid de- degeneration of the bone and the ligaments and t- other tissues. Not one of them even wants to even go there. And out of five people who got surgery, only one is happy with the results. The rest of them are worse off than they were prior to, to the surgery. And this is the stuff that just drives me nuts because we have so much power to control our future. We, we love to control everything, but something about making wise decisions about what we eat and how that can affect our, um, how that can uh, affect just the overall health outcomes, including things like joint problems and the arthritis and the back pains and so on. Uh, it's, it's such, to me, it's such a no brainer because people are actively seeking surgeries that they may not need. And I, I don't know what it is that causes people to want to opt for surgery and want to believe that that's the only way to deal with it. But for me, I am willing to try pretty much anything non-invasive before I let somebody cut me open. Yeah, but, you know, you're, I mean, if if people had, you know, look at you. When you and I are talking during the day, uh, your whole day has some kind of involvement in preparing the meals for that day. Like, it, you know, preparing those meals, uh, the, the whole meal experience to you is a big part of your daily existence. Uh, for many people out there, it's the total opposite. Food is a chore that you have it, to accomplish, and and that's because they choose to see it that way. Oh, absolutely! It's it's, it's, it's yeah. not it's it's not a chore. For example, I shouldn't say it's not a chore, but I personally I see no difference in taking ten minutes to sear a piece of fish versus taking ten minutes to figure out you know what the heck I'm going to order from the deli. I, I think that's true. And I, I, and I think there's a combination of factors for that. I, I think that, um, you know, being a parent of a six year old, I really had to learn, uh, a lot about, you know, about food and preparing meals and about the time I was, re- I was willing to dedicate to preparing those meals. Um, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you have a six year old and you're trying to prepare meals that she'll actually bloody well eat. Right. Uh, you know, and we've talked about this before and you said just because I said it was your fault that she won't eat, right? Uh, something like that. And you said okay. just because it doesn't work the first time, try it, you know, multiple times and sooner or later she'll accept it. Like, you know, she just she just decided that she likes mozzarella sticks and now I'm going to duck because Adrian is about to smack me. I know that she could I my kids eat mozzarella, not necessarily sticks. <laughs> 
<laughs> which, which I'm assuming you mean are deep fried in canola oil. <laughs> it, we we were out for Valentine's dinner, and I, uh, I and I let okay, her have a Shirley that's, Temple. That's that's different, you know. Like I'm 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 willing to say, hey, it's it's uh, a holiday, a special day. Kill yourself. So. <laughs> Eat something that's totally going to rip your body apart. Yeah, go for it. Now, come on. Now you're just being funny because you know as well as I do that you've often said that, you know, treating yourself isn't going to, you know, isn't fatal. No, uh, what I said is that treating yourself should not amount to something that is fatal. (laughs) 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 Because, you know, no, think about it this way. Think about it this way. Back in the day, (laughs) let's just say my great-grandparents' day – which is maybe your parents' day, or, or wait, how old are you? <laughs> anyway, we do have a guest. Yes. And, uh, before, I, let me just get this one last thing. But think about it. Back in the day, when when people, let's just say, even seventy years ago, let's go, let's go seventy years ago, when they talked about a treat, it was something like an orange. It was something that they just couldn't get. Something good, and and it was good for you. It wasn't sugar. Somehow we've turned treats into something that should destroy your body it, they're they're more they're more like addictions than they are treats a treat used to be something positive now i think we've confused that with just unadulterated sugar and uh, i'm not against deep fried foods but if i have something that's deep fried it better yep. be deep fried in tallow or lard i want it i want it in something real i don't want it in in something that i could run my car on yeah. <laughs> no, and I understand that. And when I was growing up, the biggest treat we kids could have was ice cream. Uh, right. You know, it was, and it was often, you know, my uncle. I will always remember my uncle Ernie, a big old, you know, nineteen seventy one Cougar, who right. with the only car I knew that had power windows, and and he, <laughs> he, we would go to his place, and the very first thing he would do each Sunday is take the kids to Dairy Queen, and yeah. we we'd each have a Mister Malted. Which they no longer sell, which is very depressing for me. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing is that I, for example, I had some people here maybe about two months ago, and I just happened to have been at the farm that week, and I was like, "Ooh, I'll stick the the uh, ice cream bowl in the freezer," mm-hmm. and w- we made ice cream from scratch, and that was a treat. We had real cream. I sweetened it with maple syrup and honey. And I had a really dark, I think it was an 80% chocolate. And we melted that and put that on top of it. It was good. We, like that's, we, to me, that's a treat. I don't, the other stuff, I would say that it's something, you know, if you have it once in a while, the lollipop, the mozzarella sticks, I'm not going to say it's going to kill you, but I'm not calling that a treat. That's all I'm saying. We we'd go off on a real we could go off on a full tangent just on this, but I do think that we really should do a show in the near future and talk about dispelling that mystery that food is such a chore if you do oh, what yeah. people like yourself do, which is a little planning in advance. Yeah, um, it's just a, a little bit of planning. Even yesterday, I I had to uh, go to the other side of the island, and that meant I was going to be away from home for about six hours. And so before I left in the morning, I took about 20 minutes and I threw some tomatoes in the uh, Vitamix and took out a little piece of ground beef and I made some pasta sauce and had my husband uh, throw some vegetables with it and a salad. 
and uh, that didn't take him any any amount of time. And he just, when it was dinner time, he just boiled some pasta and put the veggies and everything together, and it was done. Yep. So, so it's it really doesn't. It's not. It's uh, the the problem is is that. Uh, We'll do another show. We got to do a show on that. Yeah, because <laughs> so, no, because I we... want to introduce my friend Tudor Pangal, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Is it Tudor? No, you're fine. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Adriana. <laughs> and hi, Jim. Hello, Tudor. Thank you so much for being with us. the The reason why I wanted you to be here is because you, my friend, have written two books about healing back pain. Uh, one of them is, and as if you don't know the titles of your own books, Back Pain, How I Got Rid of It After Suffering for 20 Years, and Heal Your Back Pain, The Complete Roadmap, Mind, Nutrition, and Exercise. Welcome, Tudor. Thank you. Uh, wh- what I want to start with is, uh, how, how many different ways did you try to get rid of your back pain? You had for 20 years. Um... And how bad was this? How debilitating was this this pain? <clears throat> I was going to say that I tried everything, but I I didn't try everything. I I didn't try um, back one the the one thing that I didn't try was uh, spine surgery. I didn't go as far as that. You came close though at one point, right? I considered it. Yes, yes, I considered it when it got to the point where I couldn't really function uh, fully i uh, <clears throat> i had a job at the time um i was working uh with um i had a team of technicians and i had to hand out laptops um to them so they can uh, fix them and uh there were times when i was unable to do something as simple as lifting a laptop and handing it and setting it on a, on a on a workbench so, and, and they weren't heavy laptops. It's the, you know, the usual laptops yeah. that you see. <laughs> not yeah. the, not you, the early laptops. <laughs> yeah. Like so I had, computer. there were times when I had to pretty much drop it and sit down and uh, try my best not to cry because uh, it's not nice to cry when you're at work. <laughs> uh, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so it got to that point. And another thing that really scared me was um, I remember walking and um, and and feeling this this numbness going down the the back of my uh, leg, mm. like let's say from the uh, from the buttocks to the knee, like you know, the whole hamstring. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, you know, when you know you haven't hurt your leg and you're walking with a with a limp, um, it's scary, right? And and, and by the way, that's that's what pregnancy feels like in the oh. last trimester. So I so now now no you have you and I have something in common. <laughs> wow. So no, I feel it's it's like Robin Williams' wife said to him one time. He said, you know, he was trying to be. He said she was complaining about giving birth, and he said. But I know how you feel. And she looked at him and said, you don't know how I feel unless you've passed a bowling ball. <laughs> so oh, That's painful to think. Of. Yeah, that's a very painful thought. So ever since <laughs> I heard that quote, I, you know, I don't, I just, I should probably have not even come that close to that. 
discussion with Adrian here. <laughs> All I'm going to say is that after after you uh, give birth to someone, everyone's head looks much much larger. <laughs> 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 and I can only imagine what that means in your case, Jim. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yes, I know. With my nickname being Huge Head. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would think that would be a lot scarier, Tudor, because, you know, I've had that experience where your back gives out. Uh, you know, I remember one time, and this is years ago, I got out of bed and it sounded, it was the sound that freaked me out. It's, it was like a ratchet wrench skipping the teeth. And it, my back just went... <laughs> And the next thing I know, I'm bent over like a, you know, like at right angles at the bed and I can't move. Literally cannot move. Can't straighten up. Can't lie down. Can't do anything. And uh, I, I, luckily enough, in the position that I was in, my wife was able to carry me out to the car and just put me in the back seat uh, since I was already kind of sitting down. Uh, took me to the doctor and, you know, but... It's only happened once to me, but I, I, you know, that was a situation where saw the doctor, got, you know, treatment for it. The problem was resolved, at least in the short term. And, and there were lots of tests that were done after that and everything too. But when you're walking down the street and you've got numbness in the back of your legs and stuff, that's, that's, that strikes me as being a heck of a lot scarier. It is. Um, it is, and um, when when it's something that you know has has been ongoing for that long, um, you kind of start to lose hope that it will um, ever go away, um, because you know it just feels like nothing worked and nothing is ever going to work. Right. So it's pretty uh, pretty depressing. Yeah, and and that's one of the things that uh, kind of drives me batty with with some people who have suffered with different types of pain. Is I they they want to talk about this pain to the point that it's almost become its own living entity, you know. And, and they see no way of getting rid of this unless they get the surgery. And but sometimes the doctors rightfully don't want to approve the surgery. Because they want them to do other things. Oh, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Well, you haven't tried. So what, what are some of the typical things that you tried, Tudor, to get rid of the pain before you, you stumbled upon pretty much this, uh, this method that you used and that you um, I, um, okay. Yeah, I, one thing that I did and helped uh, in uh, the short term, I, I, I went and got uh, a few acupuncture uh, treatments. Um, this happened after I had a car accident mm. uh, back in 2005. Um, that affected mostly my, my, um, uh, my neck. Yes, actually. like a, uh, like a um, whiplash. Exactly. That's what it was. Um, and... Um, after that, uh, I think my lower back, yeah, my lower back got uh, progressively worse. So I went and um, saw a, um, a Chinese, uh, traditional Chinese medicine uh, pra- practitioner um, somewhere north of Toronto. And um, his treatment actually worked for a while, for as long as I followed it. Um, but even 
even that guy said that I should probably consider surgery mm. uh, because he 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 couldn't offer a uh, permanent uh, solution. In addition to that, I tried to. So here's here's what I was thinking. I was looking in the mirror and I noticed that I'm you know uh, not thin. Um. And I thought, okay, so there's a whole bunch of fat like in my upper body. And I'm wondering if that's not causing some extra pressure on my lower back. And maybe it's making my um, uh, my pain worse because my, my pain was located um, around the, the lower back, pretty much where the belt is, um, to the left and to the right of the spine. And... I tried for a while to adjust my diet so I could lose weight and um, didn't work. I couldn't stay compliant. Uh, it was just too much of a change for me. And um, whatever little weight I lost uh, did not result in any improvement in terms of uh, pain. So that uh, method or that solution kind of went out the window, although it was not wrong. I just, my way of applying, of implementing it was um, not the best for for my situation. And I, I can cover that if you want. Right. So, um, so then, um, uh, w- like, when did it get so bad that you said, okay, I, I need to do something else like what you know what 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 was that aha moment that made you say i i need to be compliant with whether it's you know losing the weight or or finding a way to make this feel better i don't think it was a single moment but it was i would say maybe two or three events uh, that kind of converged or uh, towards a a uh, t- towards me finding um a solution um and uh, one of them that was, I would, I think, it was quite important. Was um, after that accident, I uh, had to go through some physiotherapy. Um, it wasn't the acupuncturist. It was this was a place that was that, where I was uh, referred to, and I I went there for uh, for a few months, and that's where I where I saw a um, an inversion table. And um, I wanted to find out what how that worked. So I went online and I uh, learned that an inversion table could actually help release some of the pressure um, in the lower back. And as long as you don't have um, problems with uh, high blood pressure, um, it works. It works. And it worked while I was at the physiotherapy, uh, at that physiotherapy place, because um, I tried it. I actually, they didn't really ask me to do it. They would just uh, do um, massage, uh, but they didn't really ask me or offer me to offer to, to try that uh, inversion table. But I asked and they let me try it and I felt an immediate relief. It was amazing just to, to, to feel that, pain go away in like seconds but of course uh, an hour or two after getting back to uh normal uh, stance and you know walking around and doing stuff the pain would come back 
but this became um, very valuable uh, and very important uh, crutch for me uh, to um, in dealing with uh, with the pain. It wasn't a permanent solution, right? Um, but like I said, it was a temporary solution, a, uh, a crutch. And I, I, I uh, would think that it also gave you that glimmer of hope to definitely see that hey, it there something is possible because before you were saying that after living with it for twenty years, you just accepted it as part of your life, and that's yeah. and that's what you were resigned to. Yes, yes, pretty much. Um, yeah, this was. Um, major contributor to me having uh, hope and looking for other ways to um, uh, get rid of that weight in the um, upper body. Um, And um, another thing that really helped, but apparently, okay, apparently it didn't initially, but then it did. Um, I got into table tennis. Hmm. Um, yeah, I started, That's right. I remember that in your book now. Yeah, <laughs> I really liked it, uh, because my closest friends that I, that I, uh, worked with were playing and I couldn't because I didn't know anything about it. And then I started to learn. And as I got better and started, you know, hitting the ball harder, the pain worsened. Because, mm. you know, there's a lot of rotation in the right. midsection. And um, I think at that point that the pain became uh, became unbearable. And it became a motivator for me because I, I thought, okay, I need to do something. I need to be able to play table tennis. And I'm going to do whatever it takes so I can play table tennis just and get as good as um, my uh, coworkers. Well, that never happened because uh, they were Chinese. But that's another story. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) that's that that sound you hear is me biting my lip (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it did lead to a good thing i i met my um uh my better half at at the table tennis club so uh I'm happy about that. So, that, so now, now Jim's trying to figure out where he can find a table tennis club. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just thinking, how much back and forth was there before you two started really dating? <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, can't help myself. <laughs> so, uh, ping pong clubs. All right, I never thought about that. Oh, okay, I'll have to. I'll have to. At least Take that's a, at least that's a net I could actually jump over. <laughs> I think they frown upon that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so where were we? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Where were we before Jim started getting in on so this? You were talking about the fact that you needed to do these rotations and it was difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it it was hard, it was painful and um I remember uh, back in uh 2010, yeah, this was in 2010. Um I came back from a vacation, I got up on a scale and uh I noticed that I was uh, 192 pounds. And um I was like, okay, this this cannot continue. I I just 
this is horrible. Um, and I continue, I, I started um, exercising and using the inversion table. Um, maybe I skipped one thing that was uh, quite important. I bought, I went on eBay and I bought an inversion table. And I installed it in my bedroom and I started using it every morning. So at least I could get out of the house without um, whining in pain. So I used that as a crutch so I could exercise and lose weight. And I think in about three months, uh, the pain was pretty much 80 to 90 percent. Wow. I, you know, this, this is going to sound like a pretty, I mean, it may be a really dumb question, but how do inversion tables, you know, I always, my mom always told me, don't stand in your head, all the blood will rush to your brain, which might have done me some good in my development. Uh, that's what years. I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I was Go, trying to figure out how to say that tastefully. <laughs> is there, you know, I've seen these, these, I think the one that I always see on TV is the Teeter um, uh, table, a uh, guy, guy named Teeter inversion things but isn't that uh, uh you know i i don't want to get off on a tangent here but the uh, are there any potential bad health um consequences to using one of these things as far as i remember um it was not recommended for people who have uh high blood pressure right what yeah i don't know of any other um of any other warnings that it came with um, but again, I'm not a doctor and, um, I obviously used that at my own, um, uh, risk. Sure. <clears throat> so if and anybody out there thinking of doing, uh, thinking of doing the inversion table, do your due diligence and research it for yourself to make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very important. It's important to talk to a doctor, um, before um, trying that, uh, especially you know if you're uh, you're trying it on your own at home, when if there's nobody else around to to help you out, you're, you're taking certain risks and you don't want to do that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Again, I want to get one thing out of the way. <clears throat> I think it's very important to to state this. All the looking bad at back at all the things that I've done to get rid of um, my back pain going back if I had the opportunity to go back I, I want to make it very clear that I would not do them the way I've done them many of the things that I've done I've done them either the wrong way or at the wrong time or in the wrong order and um, basically I would not recommend I would not recommend any that anyone try things the same way that I did in the same order that you did them because you exactly. had the you, you talk about my nutrition and exercise. So are you saying that you would lead in with with nutrition or the mind first? And absolutely. OK. Absolutely. You read my mind there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> What what were the nutritional changes that you made? Because how you did not grow up in Canada, so theoretically you did not grow up having a particularly, let's say, junk food diet. But 
you know, how, how were you eating all these years and, and how did you change that you would, uh, Cons- uh, consider letting people know to 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 look at those areas of uh, of their eating habits. Okay, so prior to working on on my um, exercise and and nutrition, um, I did not. I wasn't very selective in terms of what I ate. So basically, whatever was available. If we were out, and you know, my son was like what ten at the time. Um, if you wanted to book to go to Burger King or to McDonald's, I would just go and ate there. And I would think, okay, this was my lunch and uh, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with, you know, McDonald's or Burger King. It's meat and uh, bread and some vegetables. So I was fine with that. Uh, but um, once I started exercising, I noticed, I started noticing how certain foods affected how much energy I had, mm. how good I felt. And I had to pretty much, they pretty much had to go on their own because um, they just didn't fuel me in the way that I, uh, that I needed. Right. So you became more focused on how you actually felt because I think the most people go through life when you talk to them about it, oh, I feel great, everything's fine. Uh, but there are these less than palatable uh, sensations going on in their bodies that they're just completely oblivious to. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, there's this energy aspect that I got in touch with. Um, and I think it's it's very valuable because exercising kind of puts you in touch with how your body reacts to, um, to certain foods. Conscious exercise does. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, And what I'm thinking of here is the person who gets the treadmill and watches reality TV while they're on the treadmill. So they don't have to pay attention to the fact that they're on a treadmill. (laughs) Oh, Oh yeah, I I, I was gonna. You, you're right. I, I'm glad you brought this up. I, that's I, I would not call that exercise, <laughs> um, and uh, that might upset some people. Um, <clears throat> but that's not but, important. Yeah, right I can't now. really see anyone uh, do that and have really stellar results. <laughs> that's, all, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. Um, yeah, I, I remember um, once making this mistake, like going uh, out and having uh, some uh, junk food and then going home and doing a, a, a workout. And even though the ca- the amount of calories was there, um, that workout felt horrible. It was mm. the first and last time I, I did that. Uh, it was just uh, even more proof, if needed, that uh, calories from junk food will not fuel your body. They, they're just um, not great. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this is this kind of led into my looking into nutrition to kind of get rid of that last 20% of, uh, of uh, pain that I had. So I was not perfect um, after losing the weight, but I was... I had to come a long way uh, right. in terms of, of uh, pain and, and 
and uh, strength levels and uh, how I felt in general. And nutrition and particularly introducing um, anti-inflammatory foods in my diet, um, I think, was the one thing that helped me get rid of that last 10 to 20 percent uh, that was left. Right, right. And and what were you identifying as anti-inflammatory foods or sorry, the inflammatory foods that you were getting rid of? Uh, was it merely processed food or were there some other real foods that are normally good, but for whatever reason were aggravating your, your system? Um, processed foods, yeah, they had to go. That was like the most um, straightforward uh, decision uh, that I made. So I, I just, I just uh, introduced foods that I that were very simple. One, two, three ingredient foods like salads and grilled um, meats, um, and uh, nothing fried. Right. For the most part. And uh, yeah, fruits and vegetables, and uh, and that was uh, it. And in terms of non-processed foods, here's what I did. I kind of, yeah, I, I, I bought a book called The Inflammation-Free Diet Plan. I think I mentioned it in my uh, book as well. And I went through the list of foods that were um, inflammatory, that mm-hmm. had a higher inflammatory rating. And I kind of stayed away from them. It was mostly organ meats, mm-hmm. uh, lamb, and uh, veal to some extent. Um, and I'm not sure where they got those on the list, but because <laughs> I, I, I have always had uh, lamb in particular and, and uh, veal or, or red veal, as they call it. Uh, yeah. tend to be the least inflammatory of the meats uh, because they're the ones that are generally pastured mm-hmm. and, and eating a, a better diet than the other, like chicken, for example. Um, but, yeah. But they're just little baby cows. Mm, I, ju- <laughs> I, ju- I just see deliciousness. <laughs> I was thinking, so what about back ribs? Are they good? <laughs> I, I was just making. I was just okay, throwing that out. but okay, but you know, the, one of the things that I, I don't even know if you remember, you wrote this because uh, it's been a few years since you <laughs> you released the book, Tudor. Uh, but I, I love this the the section where you talk about how like what you would do if you wanted to, for whatever bizarre reason, gain back your weight and gain back the pain. And you said you would eat a calorie surplus diet, and, and which included. Sitting in front of the TV, mindlessly snacking on chips, and, and here's the one that I think the, the two that are going to scare people is trail mix and popcorn, because most people think of trail mix and popcorn as healthy snacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, drinking alcohol and working in front of the computer without taking any walking breaks. And yeah, I, I stand by that. And and I think that's uh, that's important for people to realize. So if you are suffering from pain, and I don't think it's limited to back pain. I think it's any kind of pain, knee pain, elbow, wrist pain. Uh, these are probably not the things that you want to do, and you don't want to. And and with along with alcohol, I will put juice uh, because uh, people don't realize that juices are. They they basically ferment in your gut when we consume them in the way that we do in this country, and that well, turns you know, to alcohol. 
You know, another thing that people might want to try that many of my friends are raving about, and there's even been a few startups that have, uh, are making waves about this, is uh, a stand-up desk. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that that that's an idea. I don't I don't know. <laughs> you don't say. Oh, I, yeah, I that's have nice, to at, at, at the uh, the outcomes of that. You- if you can be productive, I don't see it being bad. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm not sure that just standing up is going to make that huge of a difference. It's, it, I Fair think enough. of it a little bit like the treadmill in front of the TV. Fair enough. But, uh, but no, I, no I, I, I haven't, I, I don't know that I could be productive sta- forcing myself to stand up in front of my desk all, all day, but it's an idea. It's out there. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, I'm not sure yet. If she thought it would have it would do any good, she would be jiggling her keys right now to distract me. Um. <laughs> um, and actually, uh, uh, um, I, and I, I, you said some really funny things in your book. I don't know if you if you you remember this too, nor but you talk about some of the mindset stuff and some of the things that you can. Uh, some some of the things you can use to motivate yourself while you're exercising, for example. And my favorite, of course, is working on my legs makes my butt look pretty. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tudor, this is for you. <laughs> yes, I did write that. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I forgot. Thank you so much for bringing that up. <laughs> Seriously, I think that speaks to everyone. <laughs> because who doesn't want a prettier butt? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't spend a whole lot of time admiring or evaluating my butt, but you know if it's if it's important to you, I I, I guess. But uh, no, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, where, what, where what are, are some other things that we can we can derive from this? Some other motivational tips to get people understanding that this this movement is important. Because even though our ancestors were not running marathons every day, they were getting some kind of exercise, usually some kind of gardening or hunting activity or building something. Yeah. Uh, d- d- would, would that suffice in your book for as long as we're keeping in, in tune with uh, the proper way to, say, lift things or bend or you know, stooping down in the garden, for example? Uh, would those suffice in your book as exercise? I think so. I think um, basically making sure, and this is based on what I've <clears throat> what I've uh, learned in the past uh, couple of years since uh, um, since the book was uh, published. Um, anything that breaks this sitting routine is <clears throat> going to not only improve uh, your back health, but also increase your chances of uh, living longer. Right. Um, and, and that's a whole other uh, topic. But I think regular movement, uh, taking walks and um, eating in, you know, in moderation uh, can, can make a huge difference. I've done, <clears throat> I, I, I don't really talk a lot about this and I didn't, um, I haven't yet written about it, but this is going into an update that's um, 
uh, going to go into the book. I'll, I think it'll be an, an extra chapter that I want to add before the end of this uh, month. Um, based on experiments and tracking that I've done on myself, um, days that I've spent uh, working uh, outside uh, or walking uh, for a number of hours have been more effective in terms of um, of burning fat uh, than very intense exercise. Absolutely. This is what I've been trying to teach people for 20 years now. Uh, and particularly the people who are the staunch you know, bikers and runners don't want to hear that. The weightlifters, they don't want to hear that. They, they want to hear that it's got to be tough. And so often the answers are so simple and they're right in front of us all the time. And uh, when I wrote my book, Frenching Your Food, which is about our relationship with food, one of the things I learned from the French is that relaxation and pleasure play as much of a role in, in, in your health as anything else, if not more. And so we, so just taking those, those, uh, pleasurable walks when you're inhaling more oxygen and, uh, you're, one of the things I've found with a lot of runners and bikers is they tend to have cellulite, uh, believe it or not, uh, particularly in women, uh, because our, the, um, the, the skin is, is, uh, has different striations in it that uh, that run horizontally instead of vertically, like in males. So that's why women tend to get that those that dimpling. But uh, part of that is also, I believe, uh, the suppression of bowel movements because they're always running and biking, <laughs> and, they, and oh. they delay elimination, mm-hmm. and 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 that is backing up into uh, cellulite. Now you know this intracellular fluid fluid. So uh, uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you that I can totally see why uh, these walks would uh, produce better results. You know, listen, considering the size of the bicycle seats those people have, <laughs> no wonder they're having problems with that. <laughs> you know, there's something to, say, to be said for mechanics too, my friend. Yeah, yes. I mean, like, let's get back to the banana seat, and we'd all be a lot oh, healthier. Oh, right, and cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and cooler, too. <laughs> okay, so, um, Tudor, you still have your website, lowbackpain-exercises.com? Yeah, yes, I do. And I, I'll have to admit, I haven't really done a good job uh, in terms of posting there regularly, but um, I think that's going to change because there's a lot of things that I've um, learned in the past uh, little while, and um, I think I kind of have a duty to um, uh, share them uh, there in addition to putting them um, in, uh, in the book. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. I really appreciate it. Um, I think this is a, a great insight for a lot of people. Uh, like I said at the outset, uh, so many people are crippled by their surgeries. And I'm not saying that you should never get surgery. I'm just saying that uh, this is definitely an avenue I would uh, consider uh, exploring. And, and one thing that I want to add as well is that uh, if you've ever had the opportunity, and this might be of particular interest to you, Tudor, to talk to some old-time chiropractors, like guys who were chiropractors before that was even a household word, 
they will tell you that uh, people's uh, uh, chiropractic adjustments do not hold anymore. And they, it, almost all of them attribute it to the difference in our diets today compared to what it used to be. So, yeah. um, yeah, the nutrition, don't, 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 uh, underestimate the power of the, the ingredients you're putting into your body that your body needs to build the muscle and bone on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If there's one, <clears throat> one thing that I, I, I think is very important to keep in mind is when, when going to battle against, against this, uh, problem, you have to have everything you have to attack it from every possible angle it, it's got to be the nutrition it's got to be um the the physical part has to be there and and the mindset has to be there uh, as well and um you know the like the more comprehensive the approach is the higher the chance of uh, of overcoming uh, the back pain right Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you once again. And uh, Jim, you want to take us out of here? Yep. Thank you, Tudor. Been a pleasure talking to you today. And uh, remember, nutritionheretic.com is our website. You can go there to A, check out the podcast. B, drop us a note and make a suggestion for a guest. And C, uh, be a guest yourself. You just have to uh, drop us a line on Facebook. And buy 25 of my books. And buy 25 of her books because that's how the last person got on the show. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big deal. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm very quickly trying to write my own books so that I can do the same thing. Um, you know, buy 25 of Jim's books and you can be on the show. Not on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saving that joke. Uh, if you want to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com, Nutrition Heretic, on Twitter, at Nutra Heretic. That, remember, Nutra Heretic. And uh, we want to hear from you. We, and we also would really love to have you review us on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. That's really important in the podcasting world. So please, if you like the show, drop us a review. Let people know how much you like the show. Thanks so much for being here. Tudor, thank you so much, Tudor Pingal, for being here. His website is uh, lowbackpain-exercises.com. And Adrian, it is always a pleasure. Same here, Jim. Thanks. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Okay.